0: live, learn, grow and enjoy everything there is to running together. I hope you enjoy the show. On this week's episode of the Run Culture Podcast, I interview Race Director for the two Bays Trail run Rowan Day. I must apologize for, for the first couple of minutes of the audio are a bit crackly but it soon clears up and it's a great listen. After that, I go through my fourth week of training for the event. I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to episode 17 of the Run Culture podcast. Today I'm interviewing the race director of the Two Bays Trail Run, a 28 and 56 kilometre trail race between Germana and Cape Shank Lighthouse on the Mornington Peninsula. It happens in early January each year, Welcome Mr Rowan Day.
1: G'day Dane.
0: Yeah, thanks for jumping on the podcast and sorry about the hassle of um, the toing and froing of trying to catch you on just then. Not
1: a uh, the problem.
0: Yeah, but um, how's the organisation going for this year's event?
1: Well, it seems okay so far. Um, because typically the worst things that you encounter are either government or weather, and government so far has been fine. I haven't had any particularly new person who wants to stamp their authority. Uh, weather we can't tell from this point out, but uh, people seem to expect that we know what the weather is. So I refer them to the average, and the average is daytime max of 25 degrees on the Mornington Peninsula at that time of year.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was listening to the Park Run uh, podcast. Uh, I think you recorded it a couple of months ago, oh, yeah. and I heard um about how hard it was to initially set up this event. But it was a, I thought it was a really funny story with how the how the um, origins of the event actually came about. Um, do you mind just quickly going over that to for any no, listeners okay. that don't know the story?
1: Yes, so it used to be this badass event started by a guy on the cool running forums who went by the name of Virtual and then he disappeared off overseas and it kind of fell to me because I'd uh, run in a couple of times and I was kind of enthused about the course. And uh, anyway, so I made this really basic one-page website that just said, turn up here this day, this time, this is what we'll do. And, uh, anyway, 60, uh, no, what was it, 86 runners total turned up. And so did a couple of trucks from uh, Parks Vic and they um, told me that I was uh, organizing a without a permit and a couple of other things. And they uh, went up to $500 worth of fines. And uh, so therefore the run had to become uh, quite official or go on the radar. Um, and at that stage, people that the They actually weren't that, you know, bad to work with. They're kind of saying, you know, we'd support this kind of thing. You just have to speak to us and the local council. And I was thinking, okay, I'll give it a crack. And so I spoke to them and the local council. And then I got told and you know, obviously you have to speak to Vic Roads and uh, police. And I'm kind of going, okay, I'll speak to Vic Roads and police now. And obviously you have to speak to the Dramatna Foreshore Authority. (laughs) And You have to speak to, um, you know, the people who are operating the light station over at Cape Shank. Okay, I'll speak to them too. And uh, obviously, got to talk to Rosebud Hospital. Okay, I'll talk to them too. And anyway, some years it winds up as 13 different government bureaucracies. Um, Though typically, you know, maybe 8, 10. And uh, if I'd known uh, now, um, if I knew then what I know now, then I probably wouldn't have done it. But fortunately, I just kind of got sucked into it. There's another step, another step, another step. And by that stage, you're so invested that you just keep on going with it.
0: Yeah. And um, did you ever realise that it was going to become this big?
1: Uh, we, we actually got an inkling of it in that first year. I don't know that we know how big it could be if we just totally open the floodgates. But then the problem is, of course, we won't cope with it. But yep. in that first year, we were given a um, permit for 500 out of Parks Vic. And it hit 500. Uh-huh. Um, but because we also didn't know how many people don't show up on the event, there's only high 300 amount of finishes. Yep. Um, whereas we've started to learn roughly how many people don't show up on the day and that kind of thing. And so um, we've, got a, we've asked for a permit for 1,400 this year. Um, so because we kind of know how many were let in, it should be smidge over 1,400 finish on the day, something along those lines.
0: Far out. So it's it's really grown, and um, the other thing, like, how did um the board shorts and Hawaiian shirts become a thing on the day? Like, how did that all start up? Uh,
1: And and is it true that you
0: get a preferred start?
1: Yeah, this is all true. Um, So it was basically because it had this really summer vibe, you know, always occurring either late in one year or early in the next, and it's um, basically settled down to two weeks into the new year these days. And um, I always ran in board shorts, and being <laughs> there that it was uh, my little fat-ass event at the end, um, that was the way I wanted to do it once it had to go official. And um, so, therefore, there is a preferred start if you um, turn up in boardies, swimsuit um, or Hawaiian shirt. And... Uh, this is really worth thinking about if you're someone who does want uh, to be able to set off in a timely fashion and not wait for a bunch of people to clear the start line.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But like, I think that was a masterstroke idea because like, I think some people are scared off by how official and professional, um, some running events look. And like, I think, um, that, Whole uh, feel of people just rocking up in board shorts, I think, adds to the event.
1: Yeah, and but see, it's also because a, uh, a race or an event like this is a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Like uh-huh. I would find it really bizarre when someone told me, "Oh, you know, running's not about this, or it is about that." You, you kind of go, "No, yeah, that's that's your definition of yes. what it's about." Uh, yeah, I reckon there's a, there's a multiplicity of definitions. So there's people who are there to out-and-out out race, and you've got to respect that. There's people who are there to hang out with friends. Um, you've got to cater for them. Um, you're trying to minimise one group's impact on another, and that's partially why we have to have the, the cutoffs, offs um, particularly on the 28, so that they're basically clear of the course for when fast people in the 56 come through. Um, but you're, you're trying to kind of go, yeah, this is for a bunch of different people.
0: Yeah, and, and say like this is gonna be my first ever time doing the event, um, I'm doing the 56K. For, do you have any uh, tips for fir- first time runners for the, for the event um, uh, in
1: particular? Well, there's a difference between first time runners to the event like yourself and first time runners who are more back of the packers. So yep. with the back of the packers, um, then it's more like don't fry yourself on the seat um mm-hmm. particularly say the 28k is you know they're going to hit the, the high point probably about three and a quarter k's in uh, the road really starts kicking up after about 900 meters some of the hardest stuff um for the 28k is actually on that initial ascent and if you're a 28k who's just going to make it that's that's a place not to fry yourself walk if you have to because yep. you've got plenty of um, relatively easy running after you've gotten up and over Arthur's seat. Now, for yourself, it's yep. a different kettle of fish and you, and you've got to think about it ta- tactically differently in that you're going to encounter the up and over Arthur's seat in the middle of your race. Yeah. Um, yeah, which, <laughs> is, which is a different kettle of fish to the early days when um, the 56k actually started from Dramana as well and finished at Dramana. Oh, did it? And so it was... Yeah, it did, and so it's it kind of tactically different. Like you didn't cop the up and down twice. In the races it kind of got an up and down early and an up and down lap. And I those early years, and I used to think, ah oh, so long as I, you know, but so long as I can preserve myself well enough to get to the backside of Arthur's seat in okay condition. Once I've gotten to the top, then it's just a roll home to the finish. But so you didn't have to think self-preservation for that second ascent, whereas yep. you're going to have to think self-preservation.
0: Yep. Yeah. And cause you, you, did you win it in one of the early years um, in a, about 5.11 <laughs> uh, or something like that? Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah.
1: So um, that's a little yeah. claim to fame. So thank yeah. you for noticing. Yeah. I'm the only um, oh, con, uh, male con, uh, consecutive years yep. winner of the 56K.
0: Nice. Um, <laughs> and um
1: there was was a lot slower back then mine were like uh my very first one was like uh 520 something and then there was a 511 or something along those lines um and that was stopping at every intersection with a laminated map looking at it from uh, the from both directions so that i could remember how to come back again (laughs) No. um And, and now that record is down to like uh, four hours, which was the Ash Watson one from last year. Um, yeah. So it, times have changed a lot.
0: And then, so, um, yeah. now like, I are you still living in Ederfail and, and running a little bit with Sean Williams? I, I I've I lived in
1: 3195, which is that sort of vague local area. Yep. Um, and had about five different addresses in 3195, <laughs> but yes, um, yep. I was on program very briefly with um, Sean, um, but I tend to get injured these days as an old man and so yep. if I tend to wing it. And I'm, I am attending um, a couple of these speed sessions, typically a week, um, and just winging the rest of the week.
0: Um, yeah, and because, uh, like, I reckon I did a park run about six months e- uh, ago, and um, you ran, or about or maybe a year ago, yeah, and you ran a pretty quick one. Like, it would have been seventeen twenty odd
1: Oh, that's, that's lovely of you to think so. I did run a seventeen twenty something at Karkaruk, but I've never hit that low at Chelsea. Okay. Chelsea, um, despite it being really flat, um, has that tan track surface, which just every launch, you know how you, you can just feel um, that you've just lost that little bit of traction every every, foot, every time you, you're sort of launching off, whereas uh, Karkaruk has about 60% asphalt. And yeah. 20-something seconds slower sorry faster every
0: time yeah definitely noticed that um and i've even noticed that just as i started to do more trail trail running like the the ground definitely you don't get that pop or that bounce or that return back um yeah so it's it's definitely you know harder going Uh,
1: yeah and as a with you being up the front yep what i've often wondered about is that complete front end and these are this is something that you might want to watch um Two Bays doesn't look like all that technical, of course, which it isn't. It doesn't look like all that difficult, of course, but it just seems to be throwing enough at people, often enough, they ju- just kind of go, oh, well, I'll just blast up this little rise. Yeah. or this ground is starting to soak up the the energy, for example. I don't know if you've seen it yet, but the Walla Merriong Road, so-called road, which is 1.25 kilometres of pure sand. Um, yeah, okay. So you're going to get sucked into just kind of going, oh, well, you know, just suck it up and, and blast yep. through this. Um and I uh, uh, just wonder how that reflects in the front end performances because so often in the men's in particular in the fifty six, yep. it's like there's people blowing each other up. Uh-huh. And then so like last year we had a massive gap between Ash Watson. There were people I expected to go a lot faster. And then you had people turning up, I think like Oh, you know, like almost, say, 40 minutes after Ash Watson last year. Yep. And then the previous year, I think it was Madge Backhausen um, won, and he was actually sitting back in about fourth. And the yep. first few blew each other apart or got injured. Oh, yeah. And came through. Yep. So it'd be worth we, – we don't have a lot of splits on the website, but it'd be worth um, seeing potentially what Madge did. Yep. Uh, I mean, you know, I hope you go faster and all that kind of thing. But yeah. Um, it was interesting that he had he went closer to even splitting it than some people have, um, and he I reckon he's well back and forth yep. uh, at, the, at the turnaround.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think I've, I've definitely got to run it like like more along those lines. Um, just a safer safer bet, um, especially when I don't know what I'm in for.
1: Um, and have you noticed that um, you've got. Um, Dion Finocchiaro back in it. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's going to be great. Um, yeah, and he's um, such a strong runner, especially as it gets longer, and especially when there's a few downhills in there. Uh, yeah, so no, he'll he'll be great to run with.
1: Because uh. as, as I recollect, his, his previous best was a 406. And yep. I remember talking to him afterwards, and he always reckoned that sub four was possible but uh-huh. he just reckoned he had gotten that day wrong. Okay. Um, and obviously with Ash Watson, you know, with the absolute record of four hours and 37 seconds, yep. um, someone's got to knock on that door someday and get a right.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like the um, Kipchoge breaking two, but it's the two bays <laughs> breaking four. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe not, to, not, not as um, esteemed, but it'll, it'll still be um, bloody hard.
1: Yeah, well, look, it really surprised me. You know, um, like I was expecting people to go sub five once, once we got de- decent, you know, runners turning up. Yep. But to, that they were getting at that low did surprise me.
0: Yeah, because I was looking at the average of what Ash Watson had to run, and he was running, um, yeah, on average about 420 per K, which is phenomenal on that terrain.
1: Yeah. yeah, and it'd be interesting to know where he got it. Because um, yeah. obviously, there's some really, he's going to have to go fast the whole way. Yeah. You're kind of going, I wonder what those speeds were through, say, that Rosebud Street section where you've obviously yeah. got a lot of ash fell. Yep. Or there's Hislops Road, which is two kilometres of straight dirt road. You're presuming he was really cranking it through there as well. Um, but that's only a portion of the course. So, therefore, like Greensbush um which is very flowing must have been you know, motoring
0: fast yeah yeah i reckon he must have got motoring through there as well because i can't really see you getting much time around half a seat
1: <laughs> um if you're a good descender you should get something yeah um, true and even on that um the first 1.8 kilometer well the middle 3.6 kilometers worth of asphalt over near um Romana you've got to be able to do something with that yep um, you haven't seen the deviation yet but which is the way the 56k is uh, head out yeah I haven't and gone there yet That fast running because most of it is wide open fire trail so it's really predictable yeah and it's flat once you've gotten up onto uh, the area near Rogers Road so okay I reckon you've got to have a look at that as a yep. place where you can you know, think of you know how to maximize
0: that yeah yeah no definitely i'll i reckon i'll try to do that this weekend um then i've pretty much had a look at all all the parts of the course um yeah no it's exciting you know,
1: uh, as far as appears, well, know, a few other names that um yeah i haven't really been through that looking through the, the entrance at the moment because what we tend to do is run the competition to say um, you know, what are your podium picks? And then it's really interesting to see some of the people's responses. Obviously, <laughs> it was, a, you know, vote for their favorite person. Yep. But, but, but um, an example of someone who comes up with good analysis is Campbell Maffet every year. Oh yeah. He goes it really analytically yep. and, and gives us some great feedback of who to watch for. But at least these ones, I know like our uh, two, um, women's winners from last year, Steph Austin in in the 56 and Simone Brick in the 28, Yep, back again. i mentioned Dion, there's obviously yourself in the 56. Um, Someone that I always find interesting just to watch is Michael Kernaghan, the King of Strava. Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) Because it's not quite his cup of tea, perhaps, but you've always got to watch someone like that. Um, Oh, yeah,
0: especially when there's a CR on offer. (laughs)
1: there's a few of them (laughs) maybe you can just jog in between the crs yeah
0: well i think yeah he's the world record holder um on strava for crs yeah yeah yes um the
1: funny thing is see um i actually chased a few of his around this local area The ones that he'd done early in his career yeah and um, then you just you kind of wait about five days and bang he's back through them again
0: yeah <laughs> or you get a message <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah no it's um yeah well how do you reckon steph will go do you think she'd, she because um does lucy bartholomew have the the record for the women yeah lucy yeah. has the record for the women with a
1: 433 um, Steph what did she do last year um mum, she did about
0: four thirty-seven.
1: yep um so about uh whatever it was roughly four minutes slower but then I don't see Lucy entered so um if Steph's entered and Lucy's not um yep. at this stage would put Steph down as likely winner yeah
0: yep yeah no, um and and then what about in the do you know uh for the twenty eight K for the for the women, um, if there's any anyone that sort of stands out in that event so far?
1: Well, it's I again I haven't looked through it really. Yep. And the women tend to be quieter. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> out there on Facebook Strava or whatever. Um, like you've been a bit obvious out on course, like um yep. people have seen you out there at least a few times. So that says This is something that you're going for. Yep. Uh, The women to be. So, Simone Brick, I mean, she won it last year. She's entered again this year. Um, She did a 208 last year, which is a a good time against a 202 record from. And that's an old um, standing record from Anna Thompson back in 2014. Yep. So, at this stage, you just got to kind of go on paper. You've got to say Simone. Uh
0: huh. And. So then, um, what, I, what else I was going to ask was, um, like you're, you're like, I, I've had a look on your website. Um, and I saw that you're an artist and, um, you, you draw up souped up sort of motor cars. And I, when I was looking through your, web, your web design, like I could tell that there was a lot of similarities between the logo, um, of, uh, for the, for the race, for the two bays race. Um, and, um. Like, like, I, I reckon that really adds to the event as well. All, all the, the, um, the tops that you've created, the podium, uh, uh, that, the bandanas, um, w- like, what made you come up with all, all that?
1: Well, thank you for noticing. And it's um, my day job, and I've slowly gotten away from it. it uh-huh. Was uh, designing in t-shirts for <laughs> people who went to monster trucks. Um, drag racing, that kind of thing. Yep. And because that was, that was how I learned to draw, you still kind of carry some of it over. And so even that two-base um, trail run logo um, has a bit of the flames from hot riding. It is actually derived from the little symbols that you'll see along the two-base walking track where you have a, a blue wren in the circular logo. And then, to be honest, if you start having a look at some old Pot rod logos, like the Clay Smith Racing Cams logo, um, then you'll kind of go, ha, ha, you know, you can, you can see one goal merge with the other.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, nice. So you, you kept that consistent, that blue Wren that you have to follow uh, all the way through the 2 bays well, track.
1: Yeah, no, yeah. the blue Wren symbol, it was put out by Parks Vic. It's just that I, I just picked that up as a, you know, a symbol to then you know, work our logo around. So yep. um, there was some sort of consistency out there, even though theirs is a much less hot-rodded version, yeah.
0: same thing. Because is it a swordfish, that little creature? No, no, no,
1: no. no. <laughs> <laughs> it's meant to be a blue ram.
0: Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, cool. So that just
1: knows how bad an artist I am. Oh,
0: no, no maybe how bad an interpreter <laughs> I am. <laughs> no, that's... Um, and, and, um, is there a bell that everyone has to ring halfway?
1: Yeah. So this is in the 56. Cause okay. We kind of wanted to, um, have it as this is, is, you know, ceremonially something fairly significant. And it used to actually even be cooler in a way, I reckon, <laughs> because, um, everyone was starting at Dramana and then they were, uh, then you had two finish in days um, the 56K were finishing back in Dramana, so they get over the Cape Shang, They ring the bell, and there's all these 28Ks who have finished, and they go, "Whoa, someone just rang the bell! They're going to ring. They're going to run all the way back now." Yeah. Um, and so there's yeah. a bit of the like, "Ooh." Yeah. Um, we're, we're, now there's less ooh because there's <laughs> a bunch of 56Ks. Yeah. Uh, but I still like the ceremonial aspect of it.
0: Yeah. No, I think that's a great initiative um what did uh what what would you recommend to do drink wise uh for everyone
1: because there's some restrict there's some rules isn't there oh well there's obviously the strictness on rules yeah and that's basically for an even playing field type of thing because this is the thing where you're writing a rule and it's going to apply to a whole herd Mm -hmm. so i know that some people have arced up and said look the front end of the 28k they're done in under two hours, they don't need to drink. So why do they have to carry anything? And you kinda of go, Yeah, that's right, they probably don't. But meanwhile, the back end of the twenty eight is uh, gonna take four hours. Yeah. They do need to drink. Yep. So where do you cut it off? Oh, these people do and these people don't. So for you're writing a rule for the herd, yep. not for the individual. And and then in the interests of fairness, then, then you kinda of go, well, this is what you all gotta do. Um, also, the other thing is, at what point do you cut it out? Do you kind of go, does the 220 runner need it or not? And then if the 220 runner has a bad day, they sure as hell need it. So, yeah, that, that's what that one's about. As far as, um, you know, what, what you know, how to carry it or whatever, mm-hmm. it goes as basic as, you know, those soft flasks that you get in the Salomon Race Fest? Yeah. They're like they're, they're 500 mils. So yep. that's the minimal requirement that some people will just be carrying one of those uh-huh. and you kind of go well at least they've got a receptacle so that if they need to be refilling or whatever at the drink station they can yep. They're covered. they're not having to carry a lot of gear it's not too hard they'll cope
0: yep yeah great with the event um jess um my wife was asking what does everyone what do you does everyone do with the litter and um the gel packets and um uh yeah, like where where do we put or like if someone's got a gel, like is like and how do we keep the the parks sort of clean?
1: Okay, um, well it was actually I reckon worse per participant in the early days. Yep, um, and it is now, and obviously we've got more participants, so potentially more rubbish load. But people, I reckon, have gotten better over the years, and so in the early years, I reckon there was more of a tendency to chuck. Um, whereas these days, people will tend to shove the, um, you know, the gel packet into, into their shorts or whatever yep. and then drop them off at the aid stations. Um, and so, yeah, we get rubbish drop, but it's, um, it's actually gotten better.
0: Um, uh-huh.
1: and, and really, runners should be able to carry something yeah. as small as a gel pack. Because um, I came out partially of the, out of triathlon, I was often running in tri tops so you had, you had like the, the pockets on the back, um, which I would really recommend to anyone who wants to carry a few light items. It's possibly one of the easiest ways of doing it, and it yep. deals with your rubbish situation. I always used to think of, of those three pockets, the back right was always for rubbish. Yep. Um, but there are, you know, at the aid stations, you can drop that, the stuff off, um, shove it in your undies or do whatever. Yep. They want.
0: <laughs> now um like you're now you're you're a race organizer for the wonderland run, and you used to be the race organizer for was it the roller coaster run and then did you sell that one or yeah that yeah. one
1: I sold it to um, Sean Greenhill um because I was feeling a little overloaded at the time uh-huh. um as far as other things that I'm involved in on the sort of race directing front yep. I don't say much about these ones because I'm sort I'm sort of doing it on as a person for hire but I'm doing bits and pieces of work on soul motives events as well oh yeah um so um i like course director for Melbourne and uh do some work on Sydney Mother's Day Classic and other little bits and pieces through the year but sort of like that that's only me you know basically as employee um but it's it's kind of good to have those experiences as well yeah and so
0: Rowan did all all that uh career path open up from Two Bays and uh from that that day when you did have those uh 86 uh runners um without the permit and then it sort of expanded from there
1: yeah it did and i actually bumped into the um one of the guys who who wrote up the tickets on the day i bumped into him while helping out at devil bend half marathon and um when when we were sort of joking about it i said mate that actually changed my life (laughs) um it was it was a really odd experience, and I don't know if I should be thanking you or not. But I thought you might find it interesting that, that one of the did, you did—you know—you wrote out some tickets one day, and it changes the course of someone else's
0: life. Yeah, it's pretty pretty incredible, isn't it? Just that yeah, you know, moment in time. Okay, and then um, yeah, just just quickly because I'm I'm wary of holding you up, and um, just wanted to ask you two more things. Yeah. Uh, what, what are your top three highlights from the Two Bays uh, Trail Runs history? So, looking back over, because um, this year it'll be the 10th event, won't it?
1: This is the 10th. Yep. Um, and then you put me on the spot with the top three. <laughs> yeah,
0: um, or ru- you know something like that. Just well, a few I highlights.
1: Really, um, it, the things that are kind of sticking in my mind are the... the Initial finding, then that released the yep. because it so instrumental getting started. Um, the first one of knowing that it, it that it sold out and actually just that sigh of relief <laughs> that while it may not have been the most pro run event that we got through it, um,
0: and that it was going to work.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like oh, I just remember um, Katrina, who's been such a big help over the years as sort of like main helper. You know um just after we sent everyone off then she gives me a big hug and it was just like a big hug of relief that was that was the overall feeling at that time um oh and then probably the it, it's probably the um the change of course from everyone starting out at the and having two finish lines to going to have um two start lines and one finish line that meant that we could uh, run things uh, more smoothly and bump up those numbers a little bit. Um, so yep. I've given you three sort of the memories. Yeah. It, but then I'll get out of this um, interview and I'll kick myself and think I should have said three other things.
0: Nah, sorry, I will put you on the spot. Um, but that <laughs> that they were they're good because I, I feel like they um they show how the event has uh, uh, grown in status and um and how it has been a. And now it is a, a quite a, a dominant sort of um, fun run in January on, on the fixture because um, really there's there's not a heap going on um, in January um, in 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 Melbourne or the more into Peninsula. So it it's um, yeah. Quite yeah,
1: we're happy that it's um, that it has become one of those staples. Yep. The other thing that's kind of noticeable about it is that it's jumped outside the pool, and by that I mean. Um, some events are like, say purely road runners or they're purely trail runners. And you kind of look around and you go, this is definitely not just trail runners there. And I know it's uh, traditionally actually had an overrepresentation of triathletes um, still does a bit. Um, it also has definitely a, a segment of like AV runners, road runners, because that course is not pure trail. It's basically whatever it takes to get from A to B. Yep. And it's, it's and and, I'm, and the, I think people have recognised that they've also liked that absolute point-to-point thing. That sort of helped. Time of years helped. Um, but I'm just really glad that it is not just one form of runners' event.
0: Yeah, and yeah, exactly. And it just um, it's a, a mesh of so many different different runners. And but then like also, I think what makes it. Um, a pretty cool event is you're going over Arthur's seat. So there's that sense of accomplishment and uh, you're going um, from, you know, the bay at Dramana to, you know, the water at Cape Shank. Like it, it's kind of a, a scenic and it's uh, and a cool feeling that you've accomplished something pretty there's
1: good. it kind of thing to it and it looks great for, you know, think particularly, say, from a 28k runner. They can point to the map and say, I ran from here to here. I ran over Arthur's seat. Straight across the peninsula and a bit more, at at not the skinny bit. Yeah, um, so it, it really is a sense of achievement for a lot of people.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, just um, I've been looking on my um, Strava the last few Sundays and been quite proud of um, that line that just goes straight across the peninsula. Yeah, um, yeah. and and then um, the, the last last um, couple of things was uh, volunteer wise. Uh, I've heard from a lot of people that. You, you just get this um, great sort of um, community of volunteers and everyone seems to be quite happy to be there and, and they're all dressed up. Um, what
1: yeah, look, what promoted
0: we've been,
1: that? <laughs> we've been really fortunate with the quality and the quantity of um, volunteers and the way that they take it on. Like they're not just volunteering, they're sort of making that area their own. Um, and on I feel kind of, you feel proud and humble at the same time at, at two bays because runners will finish and they're thanking you um, as race director, but they're, they're really often thanking you as a representative of all those other people. And you're getting thanked for the kindnesses of so many people who have spent a long day out there. Um, and it, it feels like you're stealing their praise, but you're there. And so you're the one they're bestowing it upon, but we we've our our volunteers have been fantastic, and it's not just those who are there on the day because we've got people helping with you know like course marking or here's something that one uh runner Beck Howe, has done the last couple of years and she and she has actually come around and helped wash out the one hundred and eighty something um uh water containers that we have down there oh jeez and, and that is unsung hero
0: yeah. Gee, that's
1: awesome. <laughs> it, it, it is. Uh, she's a very lovely person. But these And these are the sort of things that people are doing. There's also the often unthanked task of the judge who's looking through. This year, they'll probably have to look at 1,900 pieces of the qualification data. Um, and that is hour after hour after hour. Now, some people are really nice and they put in a link, other people. So put in absolute rubbish in their yep. um, entry form, kind of not thinking that there is actually a person on the end of this is actually going to have to sift spend through time surfing for you.
0: Yes, yeah, uh, that's stuff that you don't even think about um, as a oh, like as a participant. So, like all so that behind
1: a really nice link that was easy to follow.
0: Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> um, and what I oh, just noticing, like, there's a few. Um, um, like weeds, like um overgrown sections on the on the course. Is that just part of the challenge? Like we just run through that, yeah, or does... man, you were you behind on your
1: Facebooking? Oh um, <laughs> no! So what happens? And it started ha- happening today. And a guy, um, Mike Divo, who runs the course often, uh, posted a, f- uh, a photograph of Parks Vic starting to clear that up. You're thinking particularly. Oh, I spent a k or k and a half in from Bonio Road. Yeah, yeah. A bunch of uh, nettles and thorns. Yep. And stuff. Yeah, that um, grows back every year. Yeah. We started hacking into it today. Um Pucks Vic have gotten good about doing some of the slashing and stuff in the lead up as well. They'll probably do a last. They'll do a slash of the deviation in the week leading up to the event. Um, you'll notice that there's a bunch of broken boards. I um, oh, yeah. tend to replace those in the several weeks prior. Yep. Um, they've uh, PM'd me and asked for locations. So if, um, run, if runners know this stuff, um, feel free to get in contact with me and I will pass it on. But it's, there's not much point saying there's three trees down in Green's <laughs> Bush. Yep. It, it's, it's, <laughs> what is really useful is when you can say 25 k is in from the Boney Arrow Road or whatever, yep. there's a tree now. Yeah, um, that, that sort of stuff is really useful, or if you can give um, some sort of geographic location.
0: Great. And last thing, so the future of the event, where do you see Two Bay's trail run in 10 years' time?
1: In 10 years' time, I'm starting to think about retiring. Yep. <laughs> uh, but but um, the sort of things that I'd be looking for is I would actually like to see the 56k grow as a um larger component of it because historically that's where the thing started as a 56k run and i do like that people get to do the 28 and but i um i really hope that the 56k strengthens and this is definitely the strongest year that um, we've had on numbers at the moment sitting at about 440 um in the 56k yep um i like to to see if we can eventually get a little more parking over at cape shank um we've run into some bureaucratic issues on that one um so it's it's mainly about finessing and really cementing it as this is the thing you do in january as a melbourne runner
0: yeah yeah nice well like i already see it as um as a as a pretty big event and um and a lot of so many people already know about it um so it's well on the way um uh, is there is there anything else rowan um that you want to finish on or or want to say or um no, the,
1: you know, so hopefully i've given you enough that you can you know go through there and weed out the dross and come up with a couple of things to post in your podcast
0: yeah no I, like I I, I I really enjoyed the chat um uh and thanks so much for the time i, I really appreciate it because um, i know i'm taking time out of your day and uh no, th- thanks so much. And you're you you yeah, got you're busy, obviously, at the moment.
1: And yeah, I'm busy, but but you kind of want to convey the enthusiasm and thank you for you know putting it out there so it's on people's radar.
0: No, too easy. It's um I'm keen as for it. So um, and I like talking about running. So um, yeah.
1: And all it's the great. best with uh, your race on the day. Don't blow yourself apart. <laughs> you know, come come through with some really good time
0: yeah th- thanks so much rowan uh yeah i, f- I feel um a lot more um uh, uh the last three weeks i've definitely learned a lot and um there's still still a fair bit of training to go so hopefully I can practice the downhills because uh, I think yeah. that's where i have definitely noticed this week that i i um was a bit timid and um not super strong um at so practice a few of the downhills
1: That adaptation of the legs to handle yeah that cock?
0: Yeah, exactly. So we're just going to keep doing it um, over the last, next next four weeks or so, just to hopefully get some last, last bit of adaptation.
1: <laughs> and yeah, and, and check out that deviation. Not that there's much out there to worry you, but I just want to make sure that um, the front end of the field knows where they're going. Um, and check out the Wall of Marion Road as to how you're going to work that one, you know, one and a quarter k's worth of pure sand.
0: Yeah, is that the deviation?
1: Yeah, it's the last bit of the deviation uh, at the end of Hislop's Road. Yes,
0: yep. Yeah, I'll I'll check that out this weekend. Is there another group run this weekend?
1: There is another group run. So Chris O'Brien's running one. Um, I'd have to look it up as to where he's starting from. But uh, check out the Facebook group and uh, there's a couple of series of um, runs um, that people can participate in so they get some familiarity.
0: Yep, I sure will. All right. Thanks so much, Rowan. And yeah, th- thanks for your time. No, thanks, Dan. Okay. Alright. See ya. All right. On to my weekly update. This is week four of my build to the Two Bays Trail run. So I hope everyone's enjoying the ride. This week, I ended up, like I said last week, doing a park run, a really big long run over the Cape Shank course, Uh, Then I went on and did just one other session in the week with a whole heap of jogging. So on Wednesday, I did a bit of a session as well. Then the plan was for uh, Saturday coming to do Goldfields 24K and another sort of 45, 50K Cape Shank run. How did park run go? Yeah, so I woke up pretty early on Saturday and got to Hastings Park Run at about 7.15. So allowed plenty of time for a good warm-up got the four percenters on, and I employed the services of Lockie Enno and Jess Dunsmore, a couple of athletes I coached, to pace me for till 3K. So I was pretty serious about getting mattresses record. Uh, I really wanted it. Um, conditions were good. The wind was in that favorable direction where it was a headwind on the inside of the course where there's largely, it's largely covered by trees and it's a tailwind on the open side of the course near the, near the water. So anyway, did a good warm up with the boys and uh, then we were off and probably started with a bit of a conservative first K. Uh, one, I, I was sort of chatting to Richard Dozer at, at the start about this week's interview and event organiser for Two Bays Trail Run, Rowan Day. So we we're having a chat about Rowan and then suddenly the whistle blew and I was like, oh, I better, I better start racing. And anyway, Jess and Lockie uh, were off and I quickly caught up to them and then we slowed around the corner because we were actually under pace at that point and then I think we just sort of uh, hit the brakes a bit too much and and managed ran about a 316 to 320 for that first K I'm not too sure Um, GPSs were um, showing different splits for all of us Uh, and then we slowly started to get rolling and uh, yeah sort of um, started to get rolling um, at about 1500 meter mark and jess and i started sort of pushing it a bit and and ran a couple of uh, probably 309s or um thereabouts so we got to 3k in nine thirty nine and uh, and ideally i wanted to be about nine twenty seven. jess dropped out and then it was sort of up to me to sort of um sort of try to get down and and, and speed up the pace at the end and i was feeling pretty good like the the idea of having them there, it's amazing what that does to relax you and having other people around you so you don't feel like, you don't get all negative feeling like you're overdoing it or pushing it and and just you're seeing them do it so then you think you can do it and it's amazing what it does to the mind and how comfortable you start to feel and, and they were blocking the wind as well. So yeah, got to 3K, um, feeling pretty good, averaging 313s but knew I had to get down to 309s. And then I just sort of started watching my average pace on my watch go down. So I went to 312, 311, 310, 309. And and when I was at 309, I had about 500 metres left. And I was like, okay, I'm on here. I've got a real shot to get it. Got to the turnaround with 200 to go. Looked at my watch and it said 1515. And then I was like, oh, no, like so far to go. um, I don't reckon I'm going to, I reckon I'm just going to miss out. And did a really good sprint at, to the line and um, stopped my watch. And it said 15.46 uh, on my watch. But then uh, my watch must have been a bit out because um, the official park run time was 15.47. And that's what Strava had me at as well. So 15.47 was what it was. So missed Mattress's record by one second. Messaged him straight after and uh, haven't haven't heard the end of it. The untouchable record, he calls it. Um, So now I've got to get Mattress on the show uh, shortly because uh, we go way back. He was one of my groomsmen and I've done so many runs with him. He's been a training partner of mine for so long. And uh, I might be a bit biased, but I feel like some of our chats on runs, we've covered some really great topics and, and people would be interested to hear some of our chats. We sort of bounce off each other pretty well uh so yeah that that was a bit frustrating I have to go back there um in the next month or so to to try to finally get this record that I keep talking about um but yeah a bit of fun and and that's why I like I like to bring it up because we've all got something like that in our lives um and that's what for me like makes running fun like just having those little rivalries having those little goals and uh yeah so anyway um to finish up park run uh uh, Joel McGill Another one of the athletes I coach He ran really well Ran a 17.02 So good to see him get around Uh Lockie Enno and Jess Ended up finishing the race After pacing me They just jogged it in And ran a 17 minute Sort of tempo effort They've got the 1500 Coming up on Tuesday Which I'll go through So they were taking it Pretty gentle um, and then had Damien Clark um, there, which is great to see him there, just supporting everyone he 's been a bit injured, so you know great to see him just turn up and 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 support and then it was straight off for me I, I was in a rush because it 's actually my one year uh, wedding anniversary uh, this weekend, so uh, I was off, and uh, the car was already packed uh, with our camping stuff, and I met Jess at out for brunch with one of our best friends, Cara, in Frank Franks and South, and we had a quick brunch and then we we're off to to Rye East Camping Grounds where we were going to camp the rest of the weekend away. So we went there, set up our tent, and then we're off to Le Campagna, which was a beautiful restaurant. We had a three course meal and ate like kings and queens and didn't worry about the cost of it all because we, I had a $200 voucher. So, you know, it's pretty fun when you can just um, not worry about money and just eat what you want. And uh, yeah, uh, I got this awesome meatball on mashed potato lunch and Jess got this great lasagna and, and a couple of red wines. And then it was... Back off to our camping site. It was a bit windy, actually, so it was um, hard to set the tent up, and it was a bit cold, so we were just sort of in, in, our, in our tent sheltering, reading books and um, cruising around that afternoon, which was which was good fun, and then just went for a bit of a walk while I went for an Arvo run, and I hit 8K at 440. It felt really easy, and I always feel like that on my um, run Arvo run after a good session in the morning. Then it was um, early early night. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, it was great fun camping. Um, we just, you know, had this beautiful, beautiful campsite 20 paces away from the beach and great view. So we, you know, had fish and chips and, um, you know, just just watched the sunset and uh, yeah, then, then went to sleep. I, I woke up pretty early so that I didn't waste the weekend away because I knew I had to do the big long run where I was going over the course and going over Arthur's seat, um, the trail part of Arthur seat for the first time ever uh, and covering a good 45k and it ended up being the longest run I've ever run. So not only in distance but also time on legs. So ran for three hours and 52 minutes. So almost four hours I was running without a break. Uh, met mum at 5.30 at Dramana Info Centre and got her camel pack. So you know, thanks mum, and did the first two k's with her, which was good fun, and she's so organised, like, she had uh, a snake bandage for me, and a bit of sunscreen, um, I slammed down a banana, and, you know, had a bit of um, some electrolytes, and, and then, yeah, just cruised the first two k's with mum, and then she did 17 k's, and then um, then I was off, like, um, charging up the hill, Uh and got to the peak of Arthur Seat, and just couldn't believe my eyes when I saw that view like no wonder this run is so famous and popular just looked off to the right over Dramana and uh and the rest and the view was incredible and just really cherished that run and and just ran along the trails there and then soon got to the steep downhills towards the dam uh yeah about 10 k's in and and struggled a bit with those downhills. They were bloody scary, uh, loose gravel, and yeah, I was in the Peg Turbos, and just they've got a huge stack height. I have the heel raises in. Uh, they're just a, a bit of – and no grip. So just I felt really high and wobbly and slip – and I felt like I was going to slip. So had my arms up just and like windmills, just trying to balance myself as I, as I rolled down the hills quite quick, like 330s, 340s. Um, it just got out of control and, and a bit scared like I was going to fall or I just didn't feel like I was doing it well and didn't feel that strong. Like even five minutes, 10 minutes down the track in the long run, legs still felt a bit tired and, and weak um, from those downhills. So that was an eye opener actually. And I actually coped really well with the uphills the whole long run. It was just the downhills that I really noticed I, I struggled with. Uh, met Jess Dunsmore halfway at the 22K mark, organized to meet him at 7.45 at uh, Bonio road, turned around with him, just kept sipping away at the camel pack. Absolutely loved it. Fitted really well. Enjoyed just being able to drink whenever I could. Took me a while to work out how to use the straw. But once I worked out that you had to really bite it, um, on the, in, with your, um, uh, oh, deep in your mouth with, um, yeah, I, I, I noticed that oh, I was so easy and no drank about 800 mils of water and heart rate was about 150 beats average for 5.10 per K average for the whole run. Uh, yeah, fantastic experience and after that went straight to 7.11 and uh, sort sl- of slammed down a banana, a pie, a chalky milk, a Gatorade a, and a kombucha um, and, and then was was um, back, back to the campground and um, had a had a Greek yogurt with Jess and um, then we just relaxed the rest of the day, you know, a good two or three hours at the campgrounds, slowly packed up and then headed our way back to Mount Martha, had lunch at the Milk Bar Cafe uh, and had a bit of a gelati and uh, then had a really easy afternoon just at home back in Frankston. Great weekend. Then it was on to Monday. I had work on Monday I uh, just did 70 minutes easy. I uh, thought I was going to really struggle and I did feel really tired. It was 37 degrees when I started. Just ran it along Seaford foreshore, but really got rolling at the end there. and averaged 439s. I uh, had a massage just before it to help with my recovery. 30-minute massage just with my back and legs. Really needed that massage. Uh, but yeah, I was really happy with how I you know, how I recovered the day after a three hour and 52 minute long run, finding that I'm recovering pretty well from these slow efforts, uh, but actually also finding that I reckon I've lost a little bit of uh, weight. Uh, I don't have much weight to lose. So that's actually what I'm really conscious of because I I know that means that um, because I'm just out there burning so much energy, uh, it means that I'm Bit, I've, I've got to be really conscious of eating heaps, just stacks so that I, um, you know, aren't at injury risk um, with this change in training. Then got back home at 7pm, did it, my this week's interview with Rowan Day, uh, the event organiser for Two Bays, and loved um, chatting to him. And one of the best parts of this whole process of doing the podcast and, and my build towards Two Bays is I'm meeting some great people. And, you know, really enjoyed the chat with Rowan. I apologize for the first two or three minutes of the interview. Um, It is a bit crackly, but it soon um, comes good. That was uh, my fault. Uh, I think it was um, coming from my end. On Tuesday, uh, actually the Pegasus 36 trail shoes arrived. I just had two easy jogs, a 30-minute jog and a 60-minute jog, just real easy pace, but wore the Pegasus 36 trails and, uh loved them because lower profile so a lot lower to the ground than the with their stack height compared to the turbos still put my heel raise in just to take care of my Achilles but a lot more grip and they seem to hug the foot better uh the foam seems to wrap around your foot and and the laces uh, with a thin tongue seem to wrap around your foot so you just feel like you're on this low profile shoe uh still got a 10 mil heel toe drop but i put a six mil heel raise in so still very friendly for the achilles but lower profile and a lot more grip which uh, i noticed on the weekend in that long run i think i'll benefit from for the sandy surfaces when i do them but also those downhill surfaces where i thought it was really gravelly Actually, on those downhill surfaces, had a quick chat to mum and she was like, because she did the 17Ks on the weekend and she did two bays last year. And she's like, there are some alternate sort of routes off to the side uh, so you don't have to go on that gravel. So I might try them out next time as well. But I'm also, um, from a running technique point of view, I've always struggled on the slippery surfaces and always been a lot quicker as soon as I jump on the road or on the track. And I think it's a little bit down to me having a bit of a high back kick um, and I sort of uh, really flick through the ground, claw, claw the ground rather than stab it um, and plant my foot. I really just sort of whip it and uh, I, I feel like, you know the cartoon, the roadrunner, um, before that roadrunner actually takes off, I feel like I'm just tr- running on the spot. Um, so I'm, I'm hopeful, this is my theory, that these trail runners will give me a bit of grip so that I can sort of get some purchase so it's sort of like a, a track race or a road race. That's the theory. So yeah, thirty minute run uh, early on Tuesday after the gym with the guys I coach, and just did it at Frankson Reservoir, and did the first twenty minute warm up with Joel and Ned Buxton, and then they were straight into a ten minute tempo. So you know we were averaging five thirties for the easy warm up, and then we did three thirties for ten minutes for their tempo. I sat and watched while they did six one-minute hills just at the reservoir. Um, So, yeah, a nice sort of traily kind of surface for me to try the trails and the peg trails out. And, yeah, initial impression is they're a nice shoe, and I reckon I'm going to race in them. But, you know, time will tell. I'll practice some long runs in them and wear them in. That afternoon, it was then off to cool stores with Remy, my dog, and did a real cruisy 60 minutes at 4:58. And I also did a heavy strength session in the gym. So just really conscious of that weak leg feeling that I had over the weekend um, on the downhills and conscious of what Ash uh, Raymond Bennett said, that you need a lot of leg strength to cope with these uneven terrain and the up and downs. So gonna do two real heavy gym sessions a week for the next month to make sure I'm quite strong in the legs um, to cope with the trails. Uh, later that night, um, Jess Dunsmore and Lochieno, like i just quickly mentioned before, had, had the 15, their 1500 at Milers club in the B race, and, and they actually came first and second in a real impressive showing, so like as their coach like that, I was so wrapped with how they ran like on, I was watching on the live stream and just with three hundred to go, they just both went bang and uh, yeah ran a fifty eight and fifty nine last lap so was really impressed with those two and yeah that that was that was pretty cool to see um tuesday night wednesday i then had my only other session for the week other than all the jogging i've been doing and Uh, So other than the park run and that real long run on the Sunday, I did a 90-minute sort of tempo. So the first 60 minutes was um, at four minutes per K, and then the next 30 minutes was at 330s roughly. I did it at Brayside Park because I wanted to practice running once again on the slippery surface, Um, so that, that more trail run kind of feel. So sort of like Hislop's Road for two bays and also that 1.2k Sandy Diversion that Rowan Day was talking about. Uh, Ended up averaging 403s for the first 60 minutes just with my headphones on, just trying to chill out. I didn't feel that flash in the morning and, you know, it was probably um, just because I'm still tired from the Sunday and then uh, just having the headphones on distracted me and it made it feel just so much more manageable. Took the headphones off and the hat off at 60 minutes and then just felt you know, lighter and ready to go to hit some three thirties, and ended up averaging three thirty threes for the last thirty minutes. And heart rate sort of showed that it was a strong effort. Like, I my heart rate was just at one fifties the first hour, and then it got up to one seventies um, for the last thirty minutes. So, you know that that's um, still a little bit under my marathon pace, but it was climbing. So, I think it felt like marathon effort um out there so no that that was that was a really good session and uh i was glad once i was done covered 23ks in the 90 minutes um and and got got some good practice on that slippery surface uh then i was off to work and then it was thursday so thursday just had a 40 minute easy run in the morning at ballon park i just did the warm-up and warm-down of the for the guys that i coach and watched them do some 1k reps um, and then I had a bit of work And then did a heavy gym session again In the afternoon on Thursday um, Was really happy with that gym session Pushed some real heavy weights And and then did 60 Minutes Easy Once again with Remy along the Cool Stores Trail uh, Like I had um done earlier in the week um, On the Tuesday And then on Friday... Uh, I've got planned a sixty minute easy, and then Saturday I'll go to Goldfields, like I said, to do the twenty four k trail race. Then have my staff Christmas party, and then Sunday, I'm trying to work out a run with Mark Gurgis and uh, Ashley Raymond Bennett at Cape Shank. Um, but I do ha- I'm, I'm doing the- I'm going to the President's Cup golf, so I'm either going to have to do it really early before that, or um, later in the day, and I'll I'll work that out um as I get closer to the day. So that was my week. Uh yeah, wrapped with the week and hope you're finding it interesting. Um yeah, I'll be back next week with some more. A quick plug just to finish. I'm actually a running physiotherapist by trade, so I've been a physiotherapist since 2009, so a good 10 years now. I work from Southern Suburbs Physio Centre in Parkdale three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then I also work from home in Frankston on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So if you want to book in with me at Southern Suburbs, just go onto the Southern Suburbs website online or call 95842000. And if you want to book with me on at home in frankston then just go to my website and you can book online Uh, a bit about my experience as a running physiotherapist i've gone on the last six years of world cross-country teams so that's a event that's on every two years. So I've done the last three versions of that um, as the physiotherapist for the Australian team at the World Cross Country. So last year I went to Denmark, I've been to Uganda and I've been to China with that team. I've also been to Flagstaff three times in 2015, 16 and 19 as a physiotherapist for um, a, a distance running camp funded by AFS Australia. Last year it was mainly consisted of the Paralympic distance team that were training for the Doha World Championships. So I've had a lot of experience with elite runners and through my experience at the clinic I've my caseload now is about 60% runners so I've either seen most running injuries or had most running injuries myself and so I've, I now am quite a competent running physiotherapist and I back myself in terms of you know, most injuries and, and knowing what to do and, and diagnosing. And and uh, yeah, so if you've got any running pains or troubles that are really getting you down, then don't feel afraid to give me a call. All right, that's enough from me. See you guys.